This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, it was your idea to come in here early, and then uh, then you th- you're rolling light. What's with the holdup? Traffic. Traffic outside was ridiculous. There's a, a police officer off to the side of the road, just kind of sitting there with, fire, with a f***ing truck just on the side of the road. And I'm not sure why he didn't just let us all go and then we had to condense down. And when people need to merge lanes, I don't quite understand it. They have a very difficult time just merging lanes. It's very simple. It's one car at a time. Nice zipper method. And that's how it works easy. That's why there's traffic down this end of the road where I come from as well, because... You got folks coming from the left, folks coming from the right. Everyone coming from the right needs to go to the left. Everyone coming from the left needs to go to the right. Now, it's an understood thing that you go every other, but every once in a while there's that f- who decides, oh, I'm going to speed up, try to get one car ahead, f- up the whole thing. It's, it's, it's miserable. It's ha- it happened to me get, trying to get on the highway and then getting in front of the building just to get in the building. I was pissed. Bloody hell. It's ridiculous. Good thing I've been sitting in here with the mics just rolling. I saw, I noticed, I noticed as I was walking in that the... The mics were on and we were recording, so I was like, you know what? Just gonna come in hot and bothered. You and I have not addressed this tweet off air yet, or off not from behind mics Uh-oh. yet. I noticed that you you are a you, you were tweeting about Lizzo the other night. Uh, yeah, well, I just I happened to see someone who said they were quote all in on Lizzo, to which I responded with, uh, our own Rich Keefe is a big fan of Lizzo. Really? Yeah, and so I said this is a Rich Keefe approved message, mm. and Keefe says. I can agree. We are in on Lizzo. See, my thing on Lizzo, well, first off, your take. Who do you think the man on the Minnesota Vikings is? Uh, what? She has a song where she says something about a man on the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh. Apparently, she was getting DMs from a Vikings player a few years mm. ago. So it can't I, be Wiggy. My guess is like Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter. Hmm. That would make sense. I he's don't a, know. He's just a, like, he's a massive human being because he's a defensive end. Yep. And then, you know, I just think, you know what? That, that Daniel? It's spelt like Danielle, but it's pronounced Daniel. Might be Daniel. It's probably probably into uh, into Lizzo. Yeah, you, you know that that Lizzo album got like trashed by critics. Really? It's like one of the poorest poorest reviewed albums <laughs> of the year, which is which is garbage. Surprisingly, doesn't shock me. Doesn't shock me, but is like completely BS. <laughs> it just it is just headbangers back uh, front to back. Oh, 100 percent. Um, now, Sean, we did really we actually received a listener question. Oh no way! We did. Yes, if you'd like to email us, we are uh, offdaythepodcast at gmail.com. At now, make Gmail. sure you, since there are sort of two, this is like a two headed monster. This podcast because if you got Andy and Ryan during the week, Sean and I on the weekends. Make sure you specify whom you are sending it to. This yes, one was clearly so. for us based on the Ooh, context. Perfect. Now the name the name on it is subtly uh is kind of questionable. Oh boy. Mike from Chelmsford. Now we know a Mike from Chelmsford. 
I don't. I assume it's not the same Mike from Chelmsford that you and I know. Okay. Who was on this podcast with us last week? I hope so. <laughs> Probably not him. Uh, so you guys mentioned on the first episode that you like to sing duets. What are your favorite duets? Oh, Simply the question. Okay. 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 I see you. Uh, so personally, my favorite duet, and take this as you will. But my favorite duet is Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Breaking Free from High <laughs> right. School Musical. I, oh, this, this is a nice little story. So one of my one of my friends, who is very happily living with his girlfriend, prior to when he was seeing this girlfriend, they were just starting to kindle up. And this, he was in line at a bar in Worcester, and that song came on, and he like started belting like the Zac Efron song, and some random girl starts belting it with him. This girl was like an Instagram model, one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen. And but he's a good boy. He had just been started kindling up with his current girlfriend. Ended up working out greatly. But uh, yeah, he just started singing High School Musical. It almost led to a relationship with this girl who was like an Instagram model and streamer and played like PUBG or something. That's crazy. True story. Kind of jealous. Uh, some of my favorites. Remember me from Coco. Okay. And there are like 90 versions of that in Coco. So uh, I believe the first one, if you're on the soundtrack, it's the last one that's actually called Remember Me before they start saying Recuerdame. (laughs) They do say Recuerdame in the song. (laughs) The one that you and I referenced in the first one, It's Always a Good Time. Carly Rae and uh, and Owl Owl City. City. Carly Rae needs more duets. I don't like that And then, of course, if you don't peak this song, you just didn't see the movie and you're a bum, shallow. Bradley exactly. Cooper, Lady and, Gaga. And I was, I was going to hit on Lady Gaga because there is a live version of Elton John and Lady Gaga singing Don't Let the Sun Go Down Ooh, on that Me. that sounds fire. That is phenomenal. But any, yes, anything from the A Star is Born soundtrack, mm-hmm. as well as it, it doesn't have to be man and woman. Save Rock and Roll by Fall Out Boy featuring Elton John. Okay. Elton John and Patrick Stump duet. Okay. One of the one of the more beautiful songs I've ever okay. heard. I've See, ever heard in my time. Uh, you want to know what duet I'm going to love uh, that hasn't quite come out yet? John Mayer, Chris Stapleton. Coming out with a new song. Really? Duet. They performed it live, apparently, in like Nashville or something, like a week ago or less than a week ago. Can't wait to hear that. That song, oh I can guarantee, I'm going to love. See, that whole thing was going around last last night. What what artists, like, best third album? Well, we'll talk about football in a couple minutes here. But <laughs> we'll what, get there. What artist's uh, third album is their best? And I completely blew it on Continuum. Continuum's yeah, John Mayer's third Blackburn's album. Yeah, I saw Pete tweet. I know, I did. I saw that. I was kicking myself after. Ooh, I was like, I was like, because we have, well, you've got Blink-182 and Green Day, depending on how you count their first album, because sometimes they don't count the major label, the first, yeah. the non-major label release yep. as an album. So you got those two. You've got 1975 from this past year, but I blew it on John Mayer. That's my favorite, that's my favorite artist right there. My favorite. John my favorite third album is without a doubt, no questions asked. Uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, J. Cole. Oh, I know. You're one of, you're one of those rabid J. Cole fans. I, and it's not, I'm not rabid. I personally love J. Cole. It's just a thing that I enjoy. And I, I understand people that don't, and that's fine. But I love J. Cole, and that was his third studio album, and I loved it. Okay, so now we'll talk about football. I added a segment without telling you. Ooh. It's not even really a segment segment. It's basically, it's, it's just news. My interest it's, is we, it, We're inventing the news segment. Kind of like Magic Johnson invented lists last night. We are inventing okay. the news segment. We are inventing news. I like we're, it. I'm we're, in. we're inventing news. And we have a sounder that goes to no, the start of our no. news segment. <laughs> your, your mic just came unplugged. Uh, my headphones, yeah, I know I'm aware. Um. I was not prepared for that. Speaking of that, so quick aside, because uh, because that sounded like a rubber chicken. Um, have you ever seen uh, rubber chicken singing Despacito? No. 
if if you want to laugh today, the, do yourself a favor. This was me and my buddy's college radio show. Was we would talk about we talk about YouTube stuff with each other, and then just pull it up and pull, shoot if, it over if the air. If you if you want a laugh today, just go to YouTube, type in "rubber chicken despacito," <laughs> and it'll be the best thing you see all day. Okay, I'll note that we actually ended one of our shows, so we had this band on that was at our college. One of whom is uh, his name's Tyler O'Day. He works for Barstool now. He's mm-hmm. one of the. Um, one of the, I think he runs the college program or whatever, but he was he was friends with my buddy. So his band came on. It was basically just to mess around. And we ended the show with the Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Digadome, Dimmodome video, and then us just making uh, just making noises. That's intense. Um, yeah. So that was that. So we'll do this again. Okay. <laughs> we'll start over again. Uh, Steelers wide receiver coach passes away Daryl Drake. Yes. Does this impact your opinion of the Steelers this season and how well they perform? No. Um, so uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Daryl Drake and his family and the yes, Steelers. Sir. And um, But overall, I think for me, I was down on the Steelers anyways. Right. So for me, I don't think this greatly impacts that whatsoever. I think at this point, um, Juju's an established receiver. So if he's going to pop off, he's going to pop off. Otherwise... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I just don't see the Steelers succeeding as much as people think they will, um, and uh, so overall, I don't think it's a huge, huge impact. And that was that was a sad photo. Did you see Juju at practice yesterday? I did not. He was he was like walking around. He was like crying basically. He yeah, like sat I mean, down on the bench. Big Ben's hand was on his back. That uh, was that's sad. We had we had Wiggy. We were producing Dale and Keith yesterday. We had Wiggy on the show, and Wiggy had worked with him yeah. uh, at Georgia. And Wiggy said he was just an awesome guy with an unbelievable character and, like, you wanted to work for him. So right. I, I, I'm not shocked by uh, Juju's reaction. And the, the other uh, big bit of news that isn't Antonio Brown, because I don't feel like talking about that. That's fair. Uh, you were very high on the Colts last week. I am. I am very what, high on the Colts. Where are we right now after, as you see behind you right now, I have uh, Chris Ballard's conference call yes. coming in that we can use today. He updated uh, the Andrew Luck injury, and he said this is not 2017, but he said it was an ankle issue that was cumulative and has now developed into a high ankle issue. Yeah, that does not um, that does not bode well mm-hmm. uh, for the Colts. And you know, I think it was Ursay yesterday had come out and said that it was an ankle bone problem in his ankle of some kind. To which Dale responded with, "What the hell does that mean?" Uh, and I was kind of in the same boat. Uh, but hearing all this does not make you feel good about Andrew Luck and the Colts. And if Andrew Luck's out, the Colts are going to be trash. That's just kind of how it is. Uh, and now, okay, so today today's big topic is the NFC over slash unders. Mud is yep. not here, which means you and I have the table. However, oh, yeah, first, we had some reaction to one of my takes last week from the men who I produced the off day during the week for. Okay. Want, want to hear that? Oh, let's hear it. One thing that also I forgot to mention, uh, the payday with uh, John Anderson and Chris Scheim, with Mutt too as well this past week, they had an over-under prediction of the Bills over seven wins. Yeah, I'll take the under. Yeah, are we kidding here? I'll take the- John said over seven. Well, that proves how dumb he is. Yeah, awful. What is he doing? Yeah, jo- and Josh I feel like Allen he represents us in some form or fashion. Does, I don't want to be tied to him, especially with that take. D- D- Josh it's Allen's terrible. terrible. He's one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Just build here. Twitter followers and keep his mouth shut. Well, that's what we need right now, apparently. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's a bad take. But whatever. Yes. Hey, maybe he'll be laughing come December. So this will be our last episode. <laughs> I was essentially just, just told the podcast my now. own host essentially just told me to shut up and dribble. 
It's the producer version of Shut Up and Dribble. Shut up and get us Twitter followers. I'm in. Hey, man, you know, you gotta. He didn't hate my takes, so I'll just keep coming back. Don't worry, guys. Well, that's because a little inside radio. I put that on their rundown. But, you know, we we play a psychological game. Only Ryan sees the rundown, mainly because Andy could see it if he wanted to. He just just never looks at at it. it. (laughs) So, main topic NFC over and unders. Now, very similar to last week where I did not regard the actual money side of it, and I was more of just guessing whether it was over or under. What it, that is also what I'll be doing this week. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I will let you start this week. Okay, uh, so right off the bat, um, I was high on it our first week, uh, talking about Super Bowl winners, NFC winners, um, and MVP, the Seahawks, over 8.5. Uh, I believe that's like minus 130, which is fine. I, I'm okay with that. Um, but overall, I think the, the Seahawks are safe bet to win 10 games. Um, Pete Carroll is one of the better coaches in football. It's one of the coaches I trust. That defense is always good. Uh, I think this offense is going to be a little retooled, and I think Chris Carson is going to have a huge year uh, for you fantasy players out there. And, and I think Russell Wilson is bound to have a great year off of that good Chris Carson year. And so I, I think the the Seahawks are primed to win at least 10 games. So I'm going to hammer that over of 8.5. All the stuff, I don't know if you saw me also stop the recording there for a second by accident too. That's but fine. It is what it is. <laughs> like five seconds of your Seahawks take is gone forever. But yeah, the thing about, thing about, uh, Car- thing about Chris Carson is that a lot of stuff's been coming out. He's been talking about it. Pete Carroll's been talking about it, about them passing more to him this year mm-hmm. or and, and to the running backs as general in general which I think is is a very good thing for that offense. I think it's a smart thing. I yeah, I don't think especially in that division has got three of the uh more more modern offensive minds in the league. We'll see what happens with Cliff King, uh, Kingsbury. You're going to need to start throwing to your running backs more and not be the run heaviest team in the league. They yeah. they ran the ball in like 53% of plays last year. Which yeah, but I think their run efficiency was like off the charts. It's the run like, efficiency. And then also, I since think they, they were have, second only to like the Ravens. Uh, but the who, problem, but if you have a $140 million quarterback in Russell Wilson, true. I think you, you should probably football. let him throw more. And I think you're going to see a lot of two back sets because I think they like Richard Penny. Um, but I, I think Chris Carson's going to be the feature back. But I think you'll see a lot of two run back or two back sets. Uh, a lot of RPOs and um, and hopefully some some running back incorporation in the pass game. So sticking NFC West, I'm going with the 49ers, and this is a tough one. This is putting a lot of trust in Kyle Shanahan. I'm going 49ers over eight wins. Oof. And now that is obviously it's that's tough because of, of the staying healthy. Right, a lot of faith in well, a lot. The the issue is the division that they are in. Now, my thing with that division as well is I don't really think any other team, except for maybe the Rams, is going to have a great defense. I think the Seahawks will be a good, more situational defense, kind of like the Patriots were a few years ago. But I don't think their defense is going to be, you know, they've got a lot of turnover. They let Justin Coleman walk. Frank Clark's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be more, it'll, if it's top half of the league, then it's like 15th or 14th defense, something like that. But. Cardinals defense isn't going to be good. Rams defense lets up a lot of explosive plays, and I think somebody like Kyle Shanahan, who last year their offense led the league in explosive plays, both pass and run. If you're going, uh, I believe the way it's defined on the site I was reading it on was like 10-plus yard runs or 15-plus yard passes. The 49ers were like by far the top team in the league for it, uh, but they went 4-12, and which... Come, well, kind of boils hap- down because if you look at their DVOA and things like that, it's all like bottom five of the league. And that happens when your quarterbacks are Matt Mullins and Christian CJ Nick, Nick Mullins, yeah, Nick and they Mullins and CJ and when they turn the ball over a lot because they had one of the worst turnover differentials in the league last year. Exactly. Now it's not like Jimmy G was particularly safe with the ball when he was playing. I think Jimmy G progresses more from a uh, not turning the ball over standpoint 
Now, health was also an issue with them last year. They were like the third most injured team in the league. Their wide receiving core got decimated. Their defense probably still won't be good. They bring in D Ford. They bring in Quan Alexander. Yep. They have nothing in the secondary. Yeah, Sherman's getting old. Right. Like it's it, all all those players they drafted a few years ago that had great seasons, like Adrian Colbert and Colbert, whatever it is, French. You know, it's, that's yeah. the thing we're dealing with in New England right now yeah, with Eric Sauber. So, uh, and Jason, Jason, uh, excuse me, Akello Witherspoon. They they were horrible in their second years in the leagues, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot. I don't know. Maybe they bounce back. Uh, Jason Verrett, who they bring in from the Chargers, who has been injured like four out of five seasons in the league, is already injured again. He was probably on track to be their number two corner. So de- defense isn't looking up on them. However, in the and uh, and I've been raving to you about this book I've been reading this by this guy named Warren Sharp. He his his whole thing and with the off brand logos. Yes, with the off the lo- the knockoff logos because he couldn't get licenses. His big thing that he studies is the success of an offense on early downs. So bypassing third down completely, like not not saying get the third and manageable, but saying like no, just skip it, just don't do it at all. It's the best way to do it. And he, you know, he's been taking statistics on this stuff for like over 10 years. So he has it as one of the top correlating things with wins. The 49ers are the only team of the top, or they're one of two teams in the last two years to finish in top 10 in both offensive and defensive. So on defensive, stopping opposing teams on early downs. Yep. And on offense, succeeding on early downs, which makes sense because of the way Kyle Shanahan schemes up an offense. Yeah. But the turnovers killed them. Now, they, they do start with the Bucks and Bengals on the road. They might start 2-0. That, that's, yeah, that's very favorable for them. And But here's how they end the season, which is where I'm concerned. But, again, it's over 8. So I think they can get to 9 easily, even yep. with this last 5. Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, Rams, Seattle. Baltimore, New Orleans, Rams, Seattle? That's how they end the year. I well, so like I think that. the only thing you have going for you there is if the Rams are 14-0 and and they're like, eh, we're going to take these last two <laughs> weeks off. Like, that's uh, that's – or Drew Brees completely falls right. apart. Like that's a tough end of the season. They schedule. do face. They they have the easiest schedule of run defenses as well. We know they're loaded at running back. Yeah, they have they can they have like eight running backs they can put in the game it's at any insane. time. I don't know. So I spent too long on that. Uh, you're not your second pick. Uh, so my second pick was we just saw them. If you're a Patriots fan, uh, the Detroit Lions. The line set at six and a half. I am going to hammer, hammer, hammer that under. Matt Patricia is so bad. As a head coach. He's so dumb. He He's- said, quote, on PMT, uh, they asked him if, if they gave him the parts for a rocket ship, if he could build one. And he said, quote, we're just trying to get a first down. Oh, and you know what they're really bad at? Getting first getting down. Getting first down. There's, he, he probably has a better chance. He probably, the percentage chance of him building a rocket with the correct materials is probably higher than him getting them to a first down and so therefore i am taking the under on the lions all day i don't kenny galladay is getting this huge hype i like kenny galladay i don't like him that much and and i just think i like kenny galladay if they were running an offense that was suited to throwing the ball to kenny galladay which they don't do they don't do (laughs) they do not do carry on johnson might have a big year but i i don't trust the offensive line and then the defense is spotty at best and matt stafford is matt stafford he's going to be a fine fantasy quarterback but he's never going to win you the big games right so i'm going to hammer the under here i think matt patricia's a boob you my friend are a boob i'm going under (laughs) six and a half i guess this will launch into my nfc north question because my next two picks are nfc north teams they are and both of them i'm picking 
this is almost a more of a a ripping of the Bears than it is the Vikings and the Packers. Okay. The the problem is the, I forget what the Bears was. The Vikings and Packers the are both set, are set at set nine at, wins. The Bears are also set at nine. Okay, wins. so I'm basically I kind of wish it was nine and a half to be honest. Can we just say it's nine and a half for the sake of this. Yeah, we're saying it's nine and a half. I think the Vikings and Packers both could end up ten and six, and the Bears could end up nine and seven. That's kind of more where I'm going okay. with this more than like oh the Packers are going to blow by nine wins get to thirteen because the thing with and I'll, I'll let me let me go with the Vikings first because. Uh, we, and I, this has come up in the last two weeks, the whole thing about Zimmer and Filippo and him, Zimmer, demanding they run the ball and yeah. essentially screwing their season. So they've got Kevin Stefanski now, who I believe was promoted. I think he was their tight ends coach or something before this, maybe running backs coach. So they, they brought in uh, Gary Kubiak as a offensive consultant or something. I, I I would assume that means he's in the building, which I yes. believe he is. I, I believe I've read I think that he he's, just has he's like in a, the building. Yeah. The question is... Because Kubiak is the complete opposite of that. Like, all of these minds we have in the league right now, McVay, Sh- Shanahan, um, Kingsbury, not really Kingsbury, but, like, Zach Taylor, Rich Kangamello with, the, with the Broncos. Passing offenses. They're all from Kubiak. Yeah. Like, they're all in the Kubiak tree. They run Kubiak's offense. So the, I- the idea is Kubiak would want to have, like, instill his offense on the team. Now, the question is, does Zimmer get pissy with that, or does Zimmer realize that he messed up last year and basically screwed them out of the playoffs? Yeah, by saying, let's run the football more. Right. And that scares me. So if Zimmer says again this year, hey, we need to run the football more, and you start losing games, it's like, well, now you're screwed. Right. You have you have one of the best wide receiver duos in football, an explosive running back out of the backfield who can catch the football, mm-hmm. throw the football. I know. And so they draft Irv Smith as well in the first round. So I'm starting to think, like, oh, they can use, like, two tight end sets. They can have Kyle Rudolph on the field. They can have Irv Smith on the field. The thing with the Vikings, I was reading about this last night as well, They and, and just from over the years of seeing who they draft, they never really play their first-round picks. This year they'll play Gra- uh, Garrett uh, Gradbury, excuse me, Garrett Bradbury, that's what it is, the center. They'll play him. They signed Josh Klein as well. Their offensive line should be much, much better than yep. it has been the last, like, two years. Yep. But they sign – so Irv Smith, they, they uh, draft in the second round. I don't trust that they're going to run more two tight end sets. I trust that they're more going to do what they've always done, even on even on the defensive side of the ball. They did it with Daniel Hunter when he was drafted. He didn't really play his first yeah. year. They're probably just going to play Kyle Rudolph and not really play Irv Smith a whole lot. Which and I don't just, like. So that's why I'm taking them. So I'm, but I am I am taking them over nine because I think somebody like Gary Kubiak would at least, if you're going to hire him, there should be a sense of trust, even if he's not the OC. But I feel like somebody like Gary, if Gary Kubiak's in the building, it's I feel like it's more of a co-offensive coordinator. So I think situation. I think the one thing I I I would actually pivot on your pick if it, if personally if I was making this pick, which I don't feel comfortable doing because I feel like three teams being at nine wins in the same division is just like a trap to 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 to, to avoid. Um, but ultimately, I think the Bears will be good enough. That I I see regression in the Vikings. I see with a new system coming in, um, a lot of people don't trust Kirk Cousins. I happen to well, actually be someone that does. I, I trust but, him too, but the system's kind of the same one he was running with the Redskins, though. So it is, but at the same time, it's like, but like you said, it's. Do we know that's exactly what the system we're going to get? I don't think it's exactly is, the same, but I think it's going to be similar enough in the sense that they're going to run a lot of play action with him. He's been Ray, he's talked about that a lot this offseason. Him and Stefanski have both said they're which I don't know why they're just telling the media what they're going to do. Yeah. I was re- I was reading a story about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur last night. They were speaking very candidly about how their offense and what they're going to do. And I was reading it. I'm like the like Tom Brady and Belichick would never they literally this. never speak about strategy this. even this far in advance. Like like that would never happen. Yeah, but. I just I'm, I guess I'm apprehensive with the Vikings this year. Um, I, I feel I feel more confident in the Bears than I do the Vikings. But alas, there we are.
So you continue with your uh, Packers take since we're still yes. in the NFC North. And then I'll yeah, and then I'll swing it back to you for your last pick. But so my my thing with oh by the way, Vikings outdoor road games under Mike Zimmer, they have lost every single one except for that tie against the Packers last year. <laughs> That's good. So and want to hear their outdoor road games this year? Let me hear it. Packers, Chiefs, Chargers, Seahawks, Bears. Yeah, that's five losses. Yeah, I, I hate to say I, I hate to be like zero and five in that, but that's why I'm saying like if we're gonna go over nine, it's like I'm going like I'm literally going ten. Yeah, you're you're thinking ten and six. Like I'm thinking well, it's, ten. So that's that's the beauty of people setting lines is they know that they're yeah. looking at these schedules and they're like wow, it's gonna be right around here, and that's why it's so difficult to choose over under nine because I think the Bears are right around nine. I think the Vikings are right around nine. And, and so my thing with the Packers. So you've got Matt LaFleur with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, overrated, underrated, conversation aside, when he's healthy, they've made the playoffs. When he when he isn't healthy, they haven't made the playoffs. And I know I, I don't like to do black and white stuff like that. I like to take everything into account. But that that is something that, that is a cold, hard truth. When Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they have made the playoffs. You can say he's overrated. You can say he's underrated. I don't care. Matt LaFleur brings in a system that I think will help Aaron Rodgers but might it might get them off to a slow start, yeah? Because it's a new fair. system, and even though it's Aaron Rodgers and Aaron, and again, I I just brought up the story I was reading last night about about Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur in the system. Aaron Rodgers has already said to them, and again, speaking candidly to the media like this, I don't know why they're basically keeping their red zone and their two minute offense the same as what he said, but they're going to ratchet up uh, motion. So the Packers ran motion okay. uh, pre snap motion the least in the league last year. The Titans were one of the highest under Matt Lafleur last year. Play action is a thing they will do more, which helps the QB if the QB gets comfortable with it. Which Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, so he'll get comfortable with it. And and motion, excuse me, helps the quarterback as well. They also have a, they have a very easy jump in pass offense schedule as well. So well, not not necessarily an easy schedule, but like based on what it was last year, this yep. year it should be slightly similar to that. Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. I think they easily clear nine wins. They might get off to a slow start here. Their first five: Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Eagles, Cowboys. Vikings, Broncos. They could start two and three. I I see them more starting three and two there, but yeah, I, I, they're right in that general area. Right, and uh, oh, something I something I had meant to preface. The NFC North as a whole has a pretty hard schedule this year. Yeah. Because they have to play the AFC West. And they have to play themselves. Right. They play the AFC West, NFC West, and then each other. That's why I've got them all closer to nine-ish wins than, than like, 13 wins, And I think the big thing you have to look at here is there was so much chaos with the Green Bay Packers the last two seasons, really, under Mike McCarthy. And Aaron Rodgers was unhappy. And they went 7-9 and 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 6-9-1 in 17 and 18. I think the change to Matt LaFleur and the personnel growth in the organization alone should equal two or three wins. Right. And that puts you right at that nine or ten range. And so I think overall, I think that ten and six, nine and seven range sounds right for the Packers. Right. They bring in Zadarius Smith and Preston's Brown Smith. There's what a Preston Smith Montez Vandez Scanling or whatever. Well, Valdez Scanling was a Valdez yeah, he was a fifth round pick last year. Supposedly like, he's going to be their wide receiver he, too this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He's stepping forward. Devontae Adams is arguably one of the most productive wide receivers in football that mm-hmm. doesn't get enough credit. Um, he is consistently great. And Aaron Rodgers loves throwing the football. Yep. So he, and he's going to be there still. I think Jimmy Graham, you're going to see get a lot more targets this year. And, and I think overall, I think overall the offense is going to be better. And I, I, I think that produces more wins without a question. And your last pick. Uh, ultimately, my last pick is a team that I love to root for. Um, and I've, I've all, I always try and, um, curb the hate towards them because a lot of people tend to hate on the Cowboys, right? Ooh. Um, normally, I am all in. 
Uh, I think if these reports on Dak are true, I think he's asking for too much money. Uh, And I don't necessarily disagree with Zeke holding out. And all this is leading to my decision to take the Cowboys under nine. I think the Cowboys nine is just too high. They won like nine one-score games last year. Which from from year to year, I think that really tends to, and when I say I think I've read about this, and it does, that tends to regress to the mean. Yeah. When when it's you know when there's not much roster turnover, which they added Randall Cobb and cut Allen Hearns is basically their roster turnover. And I felt like Amari Cooper really helped the offense last year, which is great, and I think Dak excelled with having Amari Cooper there. But ultimately, if Zeke doesn't play, you're not winning nine games. Right. It's. Ezekiel Elliott carries his team. He makes Dak as good as Dak is. Dak's fine. He's an average to slightly above average quarterback without Ezekiel Elliott on the field. When Zeke's on the field, he becomes a a strongly above average quarterback because Zeke takes so much pressure off of everyone around him because he touches the ball 30 times a game, whether it's 20 rushing and 10 catching Travis, or 25 and Travis five. Frederick back, by the way. Yeah, and, and that offensive line that's, that's is that's big. The, the that's one of the things the Cowboys have had consistently over the last few years is a consistently good offensive line. They built this strong offensive line even in Tony Romo's final years, and they've now carried it into the Dak Prescott era. And I think that continues. But I, I, the the risk of Ezekiel Elliott holding out for any period of time, and the this whole Dak needs an extension conversation alone causes too much chaos for me. Nine wins is way too high. I'm taking the under. Yeah, especially without Zeke. Even if Kellen Clemens is a great OC, as he is hypothesized to become, even though it's still his first year doing that, but you kind of need Zeke still. And even if you think, okay, you take one from the Eagles, right? So you're one and one in the division there. You can take, you're probably going to lose one to the Redskins. The Redskins aren't awful, but it's just, a, it's a division opponent. It happens, it, that happens, it happens a lot. Too. So one and one against so you. Now you're two and two. And then even if you take both games from the Giants, you're four and two. You still need to win five more games. Like that's, that's a lot to ask of this team. And I, I like where they're going defensively. I'm a huge Van Der Esch guy, but I just, I, nine wins is way too high for this team. All right, so my three there were 49ers over 8, Vikings over 9, and Packers over 9. And mine were the Seahawks over 8.5, the Lions under 6.5, and the Cowboys under 9.